The Hard Parking Podcast is sponsored by Talk Mobile. Talk Mobile is an innovator in retail and works with organizations like T-Mobile to operate stores throughout Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana. For more information and to jumpstart your career, please visit TalkMobileNet.com. Again, that's TalkMobileNet.com, our big-time sponsor. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. This is Jay Finning. I am your host. It's now 2020. Do I have to say it? I feel like I haven't done a podcast since, yeah, last year. New year, new goals. I actually have no idea what I plan on doing this year. Um, What I will say is, this week I'm driving a 2019 Audi A5 Sportback. I've had it for a few days. You'll hear more about it later on in my rental car of the week review. It's kind of trending somewhere between I'm loving it and I'm confused with it. Some things that it does that are great, some things that it teases that are not great, that are annoying, but we'll get into more of that later. One thing I can say is that Audi has the Apple CarPlay, and like I said, I'll talk about that later. One thing I want to talk about is cross-country drives. So when I was a kid, we would go camping all the time. Like I had one of those families where we were always going places, but we never flew. Like I think as a family, we were only on an airplane once. And that's when we went to Cozumel. And by that time, I was a teenager. I was like 18, 19, getting into trouble. But as a little kid, we had one of those families. We had a van. I said that before. My dad had that van, Van Blue. And we would take the van everywhere. We had one of those pop-up campers that you pull behind, like the little little Jayco camper. They look like a sandwich on wheels, like a sandwich made out of nothing but white yogurt on wheels. And you would get to where you're going, you unhook it, and you'd have like these big, you know. My father had like these two four-by-four pieces of wood that were like smashed together, and he'd rest the camper on that. And then you unlock the little tiny camper door, because this thing is like a sandwich. Like it's, it's flat. You can't do shit with it till you crank it up. So you have to open the door and you stick the little crank in the hole. And you just crank and crank and crank and crank and crank. If you wanted a good workout, you would switch arms. Otherwise, you'd walk around with one big ass shoulder. Like that goon from Popeye. That thing. But by the way, Popeye, the goon. Do we know if that's a male or female? If you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up. So anyway, it would crank and crank and crank this little camper. It would pop up. And then you pull the sides out, and that was basically us like five times a year for 12, 13, 14 years, it would seem like. Anyway, so we used to drive across the country. And back then, there was no navigation. I mean, navigation on in vehicles hasn't been around that long, actually. So we're at 2020. I want to say, shit, somewhere between 2000 and 2010, they started kicking in. And in the last five or six years, just like fucking nuts. Like, I remember we used to be able to rent a car. And they would ask you, like they ask you now if you want a child seat. I think they still ask you if you want a navigation system, which who the hell has an external navigation system? Because for a while, like the Tom Toms and the Garmin's, they were making out like gangbusters. People spending two, three, four hundred dollars for these systems, you would stick on your car and it would tell you where to go. iPhone and Android killed that shit. And then eventually every car just had the opportunity or had the option. A lot of them base models, some of them you had to pay up for. And the reason why I bring that up is because This rental car has a lot of shit that other cars, well now this rental car, this Audi has stuff. 
So Audi is one of the last manufacturers to get on board with technology, in my opinion, for creature comfort for nothing. So you can always get it, but you had to pay a lot more for it. So you can always get like a Hyundai Elantra or a Hyundai Sonata within the past eight years. And it had everything in it already. If you wanted that in Audi, you had to pay a lot of extra money. So anyway, back to traveling. So I remember being as a little kid, this was before the Garmin's and the TomTom's navigation systems. You know, this is before MapQuest. So some of you have no idea what the fuck MapQuest is. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I remember as a little kid, we'd go on these camping trips or we'd drive across the country and go to family reunions. Like, are people still doing family reunions, by the way? I feel like I haven't been to a family reunion in like 30 years. I'm 43 right now. I'll be 44 next month. And we would have these, we'd have these maps. Like my dad always had this big fucking Ram McNally Atlas map book. Like this thing was big. I'm talking, God, this thing had to have been 14 inches wide and like 18 to 24 inches tall. Like this fucker was huge because it had to be. Because inside you had every state and every major city broken down in a map. Like a tangible map, like a piece of paper. And the font was small as fuck. And you had the little key too where you can look it up. And you can say like the index. Like, okay, I want to find out where Garland, Texas is. So you open up to Texas. And you go down to Garland. And it says, on this page, 48, Garland is located between grids A and Z8. So that was life. But that's how you learn to, you know, learn to read a map. And... We used to do this traveling, and, and what would happen is if you wanted a more detailed map, as soon as you pulled into a new state, you'd stop at the Welcome Center. Because now you don't go to Who fuck goes to the Welcome Center? You go right by. You're like, hey, welcome to Arizona. Okay, very good. Back then, you had no choice. You had to stop at the Welcome Center or one of the first major gas stations. You go inside and you buy a map. And so that map was much smaller. It folded up like 20 times to be the size of junk mail. But when you open it up, it would take up on the whole fucking countertop. I remember going through those and just trying to find out where we were on the map. Because all you really had to use was, okay, what mile marker? What was the last city we saw? And it says the next city is 20 miles away. So we had to figure out on the map, okay, where are we? Okay, we're somewhere between here and here. Which, by the way, that's how the New York subway still tracks itself. It's not... It's very analog. It's from back in the in the war where they still pull these long knobs and they have these little LEDs and they can say your this subway is somewhere between LED dot eight and LED fifteen. Other systems is precise. They know exactly where you are within like a ten foot radius or a ten foot whatever coordinate. But going back and looking at those maps, I don't know, it just brings back a lot of memories. Because I did a lot of cross-country drives myself, too. And I remember doing that. Like, a pull over by a fucking map. Like, if you're going somewhere you haven't been. And then you get home and you have this collection of maps. Right? But here's the thing. You don't really want to rely on your maps. You need to always pay attention to where you're going still. Because you never know when the technology is going to fail you. Especially if you're in your own city or state. Like, when you're traveling, you're fucked anyway. But when you're at home, like in your own city, you need to have kind of an idea of where you're going. Like... I'll drive to the same place 30 times and my wife will be in the passenger seat and the 31st time I'll ask her to drive or to pick me up there and she has no idea where it's at. It's because when she's in the passenger seat, she's not paying any attention to anything. And when she drives, she relies on her iPhone, Google Maps or, or Waze, you know, but in the world I was raised in, you have to pay attention to shit. It also helps you hone in your sense of 
direction. And I remember thinking, because now we have these conversations at home, you know, my son will come over and we'll talk and we'll, we'll all be like, okay, well, where's this at? Or what part of or Arizona is this at? What part of the city? And he knows. And I feel proud as a father because I remember him doing driver's training and he had his permit. We'd drive around in the car. We'd drive around as a group. And we were lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time. And he would get so frustrated because we'd pull up and I'd say, okay, where, where are we? Well, we're at 54th Street and whatever and 131. And I was like, okay, which way is home? Right or left? And he would get so pissed off. He said, I don't know. I don't need to know this. I said, you do need to know this. Because what are you going to say when one of your boys calls you because they're underage and they've been drinking and they need you to come pick them up? And they don't know where they're at. Or your phone doesn't work. And they say, well, I'm at the corner of 44th Street and 131. I said, you need to know in your head exactly where that is in relation to where our house is. I don't care if you have to study a map. I don't care if you get on the road. Because here's what I did when I was a teenager. So when I was 18, 19, still living at home, I'd wait for my brother to fall asleep. And I'd steal his keys. And I'd go pick up my friend Tony. And I'd pick up my friend Garfield. And we would just drive around. We didn't get into trouble. I mean, I did get in trouble. I got in a lot of trouble. But when we would just drive around, we didn't do anything mischievous. We would drive around all around Dallas, Plano, Richardson, North Dallas, um, Highland Park, Texas. We never went anywhere shady. But you just drive around and you, and you memorize street signs, you know. We'd go look at the at cars, like expensive cars. Like we'd go to the used car dealership and there'd be Lamborghinis and shit out there. Or, you know, I'd go to the Acura dealership and just stare at the NSX. Or we'd go look at these super nice luxury apartments and be like, one day we're going to live there. But you get a sense of direction in your hometown. And so, um, fast forward, you know, with my son, he was so frustrated that night. But now I can say with confidence, he knows where he's going in Phoenix. Or he'll look it up, but he doesn't rely on his on his Google Maps. Or his ways. Like I use ways all the time. But I use it for traffic. Because I know where I'm going 90% of the time. My sense of direction. So when I was in New Jersey, I remember George was like shocked once because you know we were staying at an embassy suites and he was staying somewhere else. I was staying at embassy suites and he was staying somewhere else down the road but in that same direction. I said, Hey, there's a back way to get to work. And He's like, dude, how many times have you done this? I said, just once, like three weeks ago. And he was like so amazed that I had memorized, you know, where I was going. So if you notice, anytime you call a tow truck or you call the police, one of the first things they ask you is, what are your closest major cross streets? And that goes back to the days of people using maps. So they must have this big fucking map board, you know, because like those big maps that my father used to use, you'd drive yourself crazy if you went looking for a street. But what you do is you look for the major cross streets that run east and west or north and south. And so like where I live right now, I live off of Warner and Greenfield and Gilbert. So if I was telling somebody I live off Arabian Drive, they're going to say, I don't know where that's at. And I go, okay, well, find Warner and find Gilbert. One's north and south. So what you have to do is you have to go over to the city of Gilbert and you have to look to find, you just start looking for Warner or which runs east and west or Greenfield runs north and south. So you follow that line until you find that closest intersection. And then you start going, looking around there. Intersections, maps. What will we do without them? What will we do without GPS? And I wonder if you can even buy maps anymore. 
I feel bad if you can. Like, I bet, I wonder if you can, I'm going to check that out next time I'm on the road. Just pull into somewhere like a Flying J's or one of those truck stops and see if you can buy a map. Because somebody somewhere still uses that shit. Yo, man, the homeless have smartphones. They got maps. You know what I mean? They got maps. Eventually, this thing called MapQuest came out. You go online, you type in where you want to go, you know, like the prehistoric Google Maps. And it'll tell you, you print out the directions, say go a quarter mile, turn right. Go to the second stop sign, turn left. And so everyone would print out their MapQuest directions. So if you, any of you have heard that reference before, that's exactly what it means. Let me MapQuest it. Let me MapQuest it. Go there, you print that shit out. So now, instead of having this giant foldable map, you have like one or two eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that you've stapled together or some shit and you're flipping back and forth looking at the map looking at where it says you're supposed to go and then that went the way of the dodo the future collector car show is this weekend presented by classiccars.com and this is my first time i'm able to attend this is their fifth year every other year i've either not known about it or I've been busy because of my travel schedule. And this is ran by Rebecca Wynn. She's busted her ass to do this show and I'm just excited. I have some new stuff coming to the car. Uh, as far as a, a build, I have a new top coming, which is a full carbon fiber made by NC Auto. And I have um, some covers that go underneath my hood, also by NC Auto. And I'm starting to slowly transition my vehicle back into a normal NSX but you have to understand, so I'm a year behind, right? So go back to November of 2018, I started telling people, hey, by January of 2019, February 2019, I'm gonna get rid of the wrap. And what happened was I had a photographer reach out to me on Instagram and say, hey, I'm from another state, I'm gonna come through Arizona, and I would really love the opportunity to shoot your car. And so that's, a co that's kind of a cool thing, right? So I decided, all right, Hey man, I'll just wait. I'll keep it wrapped for now. And the guy never, it, it, it never happened. Um, but then I got the job in, you know, Texas. So I decided to take my car to Texas because that's where I grew up. And for me, it was a big deal because everybody who knew me growing up, especially in high school, you know, they're always like, Hey man, you ever get that car? You ever get that car? So for me, it was a big deal to be able to drive my car to Texas from Arizona while I had a job out there. And I was in my hometown, so I was able to pick up some of my old high school friends, some of my great friends from, from way back when. And I was able to go to a car show, tuned originals in Texas, and so the car stayed wrapped. Then I get that notification that someone in, on the other side of the world is making, taking pre-orders on miniatures of my car. So that was a big deal. So once I figured all that out with them, I figured, hey, I got to keep my car wrapped because the fanfare, right? I might as well just ride this shit out. And so here we are in January of 2020. This is, for now, the last big show I am attending with the car the way it is. I have no other plans for 2020 yet. I've had a few people reach out from other states and say, hey, why don't you bring the car, pot, bring the car by? Because right now the car is a big, it's bigger culturally, like a, a, as far as like a, a pop culture type of deal or nerd culture type of deal. And it's hard to explain to people that don't really understand that world because, you know, there's the debate, hey, is my car worth more now as uh, not worth more now, but is it worth, well, yeah, is it worth more now the way it is because of some of the cool shit that's happened to it than it would be if I were to take the wrap off because I have a black NSX underneath and it's not, 
bone stock, which is where all the money is. It's not pristine. It's had a couple accidents. It has aftermarket fenders on it. The interior is a completely different color than it was when it came. You know, I've done a lot of stuff to it. And even when I take the wrap off, it's going to be a really badass looking car. But from a collector standpoint, it's not worth a lot. I mean, it's, it's a clean title. So you have to appeal to a certain buyer. There's a lot of NSXs out there for sale right now. And what makes mine different is that it's super fucking unique. So if I were to put it on the market, I feel pretty confident that it would attract other buyers outside of people just looking for an NSX. Because if you're just looking for an NSX, there's a lot of them out there. But if you're looking for something a little more unique, something that may have been seen. I mean, like the Gears and Gasoline video has over a million views now. You know, now people recognize the car. Hey, I saw this car on YouTube. You know, now I have a 143rd scale model of the car. I have a calendar of the car. I have Robotech supporting the car. You know, so it's starting to build like a really cool following. But, you know, all good things come to an end. And I'm getting close to kind of decommissioning the car. I've already reversed the interior. It no longer has all the buttons and all that other cool shit on the inside. The horn button no longer has the SDF Macross logo. But this future collector car show, which takes place on January 12th, which is in a few days from when I'm recording this, that is, as of right now, my last big hurrah. So I have displays that are made for the car. I'm doing all sorts of other stuff that I've never done for the car show. And it's not that I'm going there to win. I'm just going there to represent the car show and the scene and all my efforts over the last couple of years. Because while this is the first time I've been able to attend, I started reading up on it and it feels like a very concoursey event because we got all these judges coming in from all over the fucking place and got all this news coverage. And, you know, like I said, my goal isn't to like, I won't be disappointed if I walk out of there and don't win anything, but I just want to represent myself the best and walk out of there knowing that I did the best I could to display the talents, the, the effort and everything that was involved with my car. One thing you guys will notice from me, I'm going to switch switch gears here, is there's a lot of shit going on in the world. And when Brando and I decided to do this podcast, we decided that we're going to try to stay away from deep social issues and we're going to stay away from political issues. Now, I have a lot of opinions on a lot of things. And people who know me the best know that I have a lot of opinions on a lot of things. And I'm kind of right down the middle I, I, you know, I want to be the voice. I want to be the Instagram page. I want to be the Instagram stories. I want to be the Facebook page where people can go to if they want to escape all the other bullshit. And so I try not to be too serious. I post funny shit because I know people like it and I know I like it. You know, I don't think there's any, I don't gain anything for giving my political opinion on Facebook. I don't gain anything by giving my social issue opinion on Facebook I have a small group of friends where I, I feel comfortable approaching them about stuff like that. You know, um, I could talk about some of that stuff with my family, but not all of it because I don't see eye to eye with even members of my own family on a lot of issues because I, I try not to take an emotional approach. So I want you guys, when you listen to this podcast, to understand I'm never going to be too serious or try not to be too serious. If you want to know stuff about me, because I got a lot of stuff to say about a lot of things. You know, maybe I can be, I'll be a guest on somebody else's podcast and through a Q&A session, I'll tell you everything you need to know. But, you know, unless somebody's asking me questions, there's only so much I'm willing to say. And it's not because I'm hiding information. It's just because I feel like that stuff's not that interesting. And I don't want to bore you with that. I'd rather talk about things like Jay's rental car of the week. You know, 
I want to bring on friends and strangers for different segments so that you can get used to other people on this podcast. I want to try to build a brand and, and a following. And I've been really fortunate to have a lot of good friends and a lot of good opportunity to meet people. I'm nobody important. I've always told people I'm the, I'm the, I'm the biggest nobody I know. And through hobby and through work, I've been extremely fortunate to meet some people that are a whole lot bigger in the world than I am or that I'll ever be. I think with this podcast, it gives me a platform to try to pull some of those people in. And so, you know, that's what, you know, 2020 is going to bring. But like I said, so Brando and I, like, like I said, we, we just decided we're going to try to stay off of that, all that other controversy because we're just normal people. Our opinion doesn't matter as much. And so I'm not going to give it about anything unless you ask me i'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to know let me read you guys a direct message i got earlier and i saved it because every once in a while when i get frustrated with the things that i do you know people kind of reach out and it kind of it refuels me and it reminds me of why it is i do what i do and like i said i don't I, I try not even with this podcast, but just social media. I try to stay away from saying stuff that's overly controversial. I have a lot of fun, but I just try to stay away from controversy because you never know who's listening. And to me, that's important. You know, you know, how do you want to be remembered? Because there's a thing and I could talk about this for a while because there's a thought of, you know, there's there's an idea out there where people say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks about me because I'm comfortable with who I am. And I take a big exception to that because if you respect yourself and you respect your family and you respect your closest friends, you care what they think about you. You may not care what a complete fucking stranger thinks about you, but unless you're incredibly narcissistic or, you know, and and self-absorbed, you absolutely should care what the people closest to you think about you. Now, there's a way that they will approach you. Like, you don't have to be fake. You have to be who you are. And if you show people who you are, and they still think about you in a different way, then fuck them. Part of being a human, in my opinion, is allowing people that you really care about to know who you are. If I'm a skydiver and I am world famous for waiting until the last minute to open my parachute and some, you know, well, I'm a public figure. So then when you become a public figure, you know, all bets are off as a skydiver or as anybody. If some random people are like, oh, he's a, He's a daredevil. He's reckless. You know, he's just flirting with suicide. There's a truth to that. There's a truth to that. So I can't get mad and be like, well, fuck you. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what that person thinks about me, but that's a valid opinion. Now, if my wife, closest friends, parents say, hey, we're really concerned about you. That's really dangerous. You could die. I could say, well, I'll take that into advisement. I understand that's how you feel. This is what I choose to do with my life. I appreciate you. I care. Thank you for thinking of me. It means a lot to me, but please allow me to be me. But for the people who say they just don't care at all what anybody thinks about them, I call bullshit on them, and I think they need to go see a fucking counselor. Or maybe it's because my life, I've come from, and we all have our own journeys. We all have our own struggles. We all have our own perspectives. Everything is relative. Everything has perspective. So if I've lived a perfect life, and nothing's ever happened, and all of a sudden I get a flat tire and I'm stranded on the side of the road and I'm late for work, that's the end of the world for me. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't help it. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's all about your perspective. It's all about your your experiences in life. 
because the next person could, you know, they, they're bouncing in and out of jobs. You know, they got family that's on drugs. You know, they're not making any money. You know, somebody in the family has died. Maybe you have a mental issue. Maybe you got a severe health issue and you're driving and you get a flat tire. That's par for the course because there's worse shit that's happened to you in your life, but it's all relative. But I wanted to read something to you. So I got this DM earlier. It says, hey, I just wanted to say I love your car. I'm a sophomore in high school and I love cars. Hoping to design some one day. Anyways, your NSX is my favorite NSX and I've that I've ever seen and probably may be my favorite car in general. I love everything about it. Great job with everything you've done to it. I hope one day I can get an NSX or an R34. Guys, that's a high school sophomore. When I fell in love with the NSX, I was in high school. I understand where this person is. I thought I was going to design cars. I went to school years, you know, for a few years. I dropped out of design school because everyone kept telling me, you're in the wrong school. You need to go to CCS in Detroit. You need to go to Art Center in Pasadena, California. And, you know, I eventually was fortunate after 20 years of dreaming about an NSX, finally getting one. But, you know, one of the, you know, I, I gave this kid, you know, a good response and I was like, hey, man, keep your dreams alive. You know, no one, no one can follow your dreams but you. But, you know, when I get stuff like this, it just reminds me that, hey, people out there are watching. And it's important to me not to be fake, to be who I am, but to be who I am with discretion. You know, and so you guys, everybody listen to this. If you listen to this now, if you listen to this years in the future, it's important to have self-awareness and part of being self-aware is understanding what people can perceive you to be because everyone's perception is their reality of you and your perception is your reality of them and so if your perception is i don't give a fuck what anybody thinks their perception could be of you is that's a selfish motherfucker he's an asshole or she's an asshole so you have to understand that you have to somewhere you have to find that barometer in life you have to play the game you have to be real about it don't don't hide who you really are ever. Never hide who you are. But understand the practice of discretion. Understand the practice of decency. Understand, understand the practice of morality. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Everybody has a place in this world, whether you're starting out in this world or you're on top of the world. I can tell you one thing, and I'll relate this to video games, and this is kind of funny or interesting. Also, this podcast episode is all over the place because it is the first one of the new year. I used to play a video game called Test Drive Unlimited 2. Some of you are probably familiar with that. Uh, I love the game. I have hours into it. I used to custom design the liveries on the cars. But one of the things is you get a hold of this money hack because you have to buy shit in the games. And so I got a hold of a money hack on the computer. I think I got like 30 or $40 million. Here's one thing the money can do for you. There's things that money can do for you and there's things that money can't do for you. And I internalize that as a direct reference to real life so in the game you get 30 million dollars now you can buy whatever vehicle you want in this game you can buy whatever house you want in this game but just like life there's an advancement aspect because with all that money you can't buy a license in the game you have to earn the license you can't buy certain tracks in the game you have to earn those tracks there's a lot of stuff in the game you just have to earn you have to grind and earn no matter how much money you have in the video game. It's almost like a, a cross between a racing game and the Sims. Remember the Sims games? So I'd go through and I'd buy all these houses and then, you know, there was a big island. It was basically Hawaii. There was another island and I have this, all the cars 
you know, I had like six or seven houses. I had, I don't even know how many cars, 25, 30 cars. I had my favorite cars. I had my cars that just were meant to sit in my houses. And it was a lot of fun, but still had to grind in the game. But my point is I had everything and you get bored in the game. Once you have everything, you get bored. So if you wish to have a lot of money because you think it's going to solve all your problems, it may solve some of your problems, but it doesn't guarantee anything. I'd rather be broke and happy than poor and bored because what's left? What's next? Why do you think all these super rich people have miserable lives? You have all these hardcore rock stars, these entertainers. They flame out and they fucking die. They overdose because they're looking for that next tie. They're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? So never lose perspective of who you are, where you are in this world, and where you are in your journey. And success doesn't mean having everything. It's just whatever success means to you. It could be a family. It could be family and money. It could be no family and a lot of money. It could be no money and a great family. So if you're out there and you're driving your car, because we get this a lot with one auto. When we first started off, we'd give people decals and they'd say, oh, I don't want to post a picture of my car because it's in. It, I'm working on it. It doesn't look like everybody else's car. And I would always tell them, hey, man, that shit doesn't matter. Whatever it means to you. We'd rather see cars in the middle of a build and people working on cars and people partying around cars because it's not about the car. It's about you. So you have to be comfortable with who you are and where you are in this life because everybody's different. We're all united by the automotive culture, but everybody's different. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Don't look at me and look at my NSX and think, oh, Jay, is, he's got a perfect everything. He's got a badass car. He's got this. He's got that. Now, I'm 43 years old. I've gone through a lot of shit in my life. Everything I have, I've earned. And there's a little bit of luck involved in life. But if you grind, you can get almost anything you want. Like, if I want to be an astronaut, I can't be an astronaut. So you have to learn your limits. I can't be an astronaut. That's not for everybody. I can't be a professional athlete. That's more, that's, that's, you're not, if you're a 1% athlete, you're still not good enough to be a professional athlete. Those are the best of the best of the best of the best with some luck and with a lot of smarts to at least learn the playbook. So yeah, that's, that's all I, <laughs> that's all I have, have on that. So coming up, we'll do the Instagram profile highlight of the week and we'll get to Jay's user car rental of the week and we'll get to the builders segment. It's time for the builders corner segment. The builders corner is sponsored by dressupbolts.com. Follow them at dressupbolts on Instagram. Visit them at dressupbolts.com. They have titanium bolts that not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but serve as a purpose as well. Available to dress up the engine and engine bay. They have kits ready to go for your specific application. Find them on Instagram at dressupbolts or visit them at dressupbolts.com. Today's builder's corner is Chris Cut at NSS Extra, NS Extra on Instagram. Chris, what's going on, man? What are you working on? Oh, what's going on, man? I got a lot of projects going on. Um, I'm trying to get this car ready to go cross country. And I keep distracting myself with uh, little cosmetic details too, like carbon fiber and whatnot. How's everything with you? Everything's going good. Yeah. Um, and you're in the Northeast, right? Yeah. Pathetic. It's cold out here today. <laughs> this guy. So actually, speaking of that, um, for me, it's Murphy's Law. So whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, tonight I was trying to make some carbon overlays for my work wheels. And uh, 
I was doing a vacuum bagging process and it's very kind of technical and and uh, if the bags aren't sealing properly then you have to keep the vacuum pump attached so the first thing that happened was my vacuum pump broke so then I started using just a shop vac which is fine and I was just leaving it running and then my whole neighborhood lost power because of the cold weather here so we had ice on branches and high winds and a tree branch fell down in my neighborhood and knocked out the power for everybody so I was sitting in the dark in my garage uh, trying to just kind of squeeze the carbon fiber onto the lift. So that's uh, that's how my night's been going. So with the carbon fiber, so is this something you've just started? Like when did you decide to start doing carbon fiber and where do you rate yourself as far as, um, you know, beginner or what? Well, the the short answer is I've been messing around with it for a little over a year and I by no means have perfected it. But it, it started off um, a while ago. I got interested in composites and making stuff because I received a car lift from my garage and it was missing a, a plastic piece that's called a slide block that uh, holds onto the car lift and kind of brings it up and down the ladder locks. And I needed the part to complete assembling the car lift, but it was around Christmas time last year and Ben Pack was closed, so I couldn't order the part um, that was missing in shipping. So I melted a bunch of Walmart plastic bags together into uh, a little container and I compressed them with C, cr- C clamps and a brick. And it was, you, you just kind of heat it up in a toaster oven. My girlfriend was very upset about that because of the smell, but I had to do what I had to do. And uh, once I got it to like a pizza dough consistency, I was able to compact it into this hard plastic block. Uh, once it cooled down, I started shaping it and used routers and the pieces in my car lift to this day, and it's working great. But what it made me realize is that I actually have an interest in fabricating things and messing around with composites. So I bought myself 10 yards, a uh, 56 inch roll by 10 yards of, of uh, two by two carbon, and I just started playing around with it. And uh, you know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, but it's just like anything else. You could read a lot of books and watch a lot of videos, but until you get hands on, you're you're just not going to learn how to do it. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, long, cold winters here in the Northeast, and I got to keep myself busy somehow. So messing around with carbon fiber parts and doing cosmetic things is a good distraction. Um, but really what I should be concentrating on is trying to get my car to be ready to go cross country. Um, I'm taking out the uh, 96 NSX, and I'm going to take that from uh, Connecticut to California, taking the northern route, and uh, I'm going to take the uh, southern route down back um, to Connecticut. I want to drive down Pacific Coastal Highway. I'm actually, I just ordered today a Yakima rooftop tent, and I'm putting that on the NSX, and me and my dog Cassius, he's a 12-year-old German Shepherd Border Collie mix, we're going to go cross country, and I think it'll be a nice bucket list kind of thing to do. I've never done it. It's one of my dream cars. And uh, I'm actually hoping it'll become kind of a thing where, uh, you know, maybe every year I'll do this in a different car. Maybe next year I'll do it in an R8. Maybe the year after that I'll do it in a GTR. Um, But it's something I've never done and I've always wanted to. Um, I custom built a a roof rack out of aluminum. My friend fabricated it for me because he has an aluminum welder and I don't. Um, I brought him all the dimensions and the materials and showed him what I wanted. He welded it together for me. And uh, that's where the tent's going to go. And I made sure that with the rooftop tent on top, that I'll still be able to open the Targa, open the engine bay. You know, God forbid if I have to open it for you know fire extinguisher or something, or even just to check the oil. And I, another thing I needed was uh, to be able to open the trunk. So, so what? So before we get to your, because I want to talk about um, your carbon fiber wheels you're working on. So you're talking about going down to California. You know what time of year you want to go down there? Uh, just after winter, I'm giving myself this winter. I got to drop my engine, get the car ready to go uh, cross country. I don't need to drop the engine, but I just kind of want to take it out, clean it, go over everything, change all the seals, timing belt, water pump, and whatnot. So 
sometime after winter, either either late spring, or early summer, I'm going to drive out there. So I may still be out here. I'm working in Palm Springs, California mm-hmm. right now. Um, so there's a there's a chance I'll still be out here. I'm only out here during the week, but it'd be kind of cool to find a way to rendezvous with you. I'm not quite anywhere near the Pacific Coast Highway. I'm about two and a half hours east of L.A., but you may actually end up having to drive through here. Well, I have no time constraints, so I'm planning on visiting as many states as possible. Uh, I have no schedule. And, and okay, so I know you're a movie buff. I see you posting uh, movies all the time on your Instagram, and I, I am as well. Um, and one of my favorite movies, and a lot of people's, and everybody knows it, is Forrest Gump. And there's this scene in Forrest Gump where he's running across the country, and people start joining in with him. And I have this like silly idea in my head that that's what's going to happen only instead of people running it's going to be a lot of cars joining me and i want to make this a thing and i want to document it and put it on youtube and i want to let my instagram followers kind of dictate and vote and and choose uh, my routes and destinations and hopefully i could find some nice photography points along the way i want to see vegas i want to see the grand canyon i want to camp out on the stars with my dog and yosemite and you know all that stuff so that's the plan and uh I want to make it a thing. And like I said, uh, next year, I'd like to take a different car if this all works out. But I'm good at getting ahead of myself. So one step at a time. You know, that could be really cool. I can just see it right now. It's just like, (laughs) you know, what mile marker are you at? Well, we got like 12 cars waiting for you, you know, six miles down the road. And, you know, like dolphins, we'll swim with you for the next 30 or 40 miles before we break off. And maybe the next group will catch up to you. I think it would be awesome. That's what I'm picturing, too. I'm picturing a bunch of S2000s with me. And I don't know. I just think it'd be neat. So, But it's hard to get everybody on the same page. But if I could actually make it a thing and do it for myself and enjoy it, I think other people would enjoy it and kind of catch on, too. And then if I can kind of make it like a scheduled event that happens every year, kind of like uh, Rob Ferretti has with his dream rides where they go and they drive, uh, this would be like that, except people can come and leave as they want or meet up in certain states and it would just kind of be a rally cross country. And I think it's a, a fun bucket list kind of thing to do. So real quick, let's go back. And what are you doing with your wheels right now? Because we're, we're kind of running out of time. Oh, uh, so right now I'm letting resin dry on top of my two by two carbon fiber weave. It's a 3K weave. Um, right now I'm just doing overlay over my lips. It's kind of the most racery thing you can do, adding weight to your wheels. But eventually when I get good enough at it, I would like to start making full carbon lips um, and maybe even making them to sell. But uh, right now it's such a frustrating experience that I kind of just want to make them for myself and then leave it at that. <laughs> But uh, if anybody's scared to try making carbon fiber, I would suggest go on eBay, find the cheapest, you know, little bit of roller you can, buy some resin. It's just normal resin. You don't need anything fancy. They'll try to sell you stuff for carbon fiber, like a special carbon fiber mold release agent or peel ply. But the, the more you do it, the more you'll start to learn shortcuts. So instead of buying an expensive $20 bottle of mold release agent, you can just buy a dollar bottle of hairspray at Walmart and it's the same exact thing. Um, instead of buying peel ply, you can just use really thin plastic drop cloth and use a hole punch, fold it up and cut a bunch of holes in it. Um, instead of breather ply, I use uh, blue shop paper towels from AutoZone. They're cheaper and uh, easy mm-hmm. to get. So there's a lot of little tricks of the trade you can start to learn, but don't let it intimidate you if you're thinking about uh, ever messing around with this stuff. It can't hurt to try and that's the only way you're going to learn. Right. And at the end of the day, you still have an opportunity because if you don't spend a lot of money on these products, starting out at least, then you can invest a little and learn a lot. Oh, yeah. I think I'm I think I'm into it for maybe three or four hundred bucks so far. But I have uh, four wheels done. I made four lips for my car. I made a um, 
a side splitter. I've made all kinds of interior parts, and I still have a bunch of carbon fiber left over. I actually just ordered a there was a, an NSX just crashed in uh, Upper State New York. There's a, a junkyard there. I ordered the whole rear bulkhead from them, um, and I'm going to try to make full carbon pieces out of those. So use those use those to kind of destroy as like a for the mold to make my own parts. So how are the tail lights? Ah, okay. So I'm making tail lights. This is a first attempt for me as well. Um, NSX taillights are expensive, just like every other part, but I ended up getting a real beat up pair for a couple hundred bucks from a, another NSX owner. He sold me his NSX taillights for cheap, but I took them apart and I'm doing what's called a, um, infinity mirror. And basically what it is is you put, you, you take apart the taillights, which is a pain and there's a lot of glue, uh, for any cars basically before the two thousands, they put together taillights with glue. But uh, once you get them apart, I'm just kind of polishing everything down, doing a lot of cutting, and you basically, an infinity mirror is essentially two mirrors facing each other, but one of them is a one-way mirror. So you have a mirror on the inside lens facing the outside of the car, and you put your LEDs on that. Um, The second one is a one-way mirror facing towards the inside of the car that's actually just one-way mirror tent put on the taillight lens facing towards the other mirror and sandwiched in between them is LEDs and it gives it the appearance of um, of just an infinite amount of LEDs like if you've ever been in a barber shop and there's a mirror in front of you and a mirror behind you and you see uh, you know an infinite of you that's basically essentially the same idea so yeah it goes forever there's a head shop I used to go to in Grand Rapids Michigan called Purple Leaves that they would have that type of art it was like the coolest thing it's just like it just yeah, goes it gives it some depth it's, it's, a, it's a neat idea uh, one thing I, I'm not really a fan of is taillights that have uh, all of the LED diodes exposed. They kind of remind me of a Christmas tree or, or those light bright things. The exposed LED, yeah. I mean, yeah. some of them are cool. They're just not my style. I'm trying to make them more updated, like uh, like kind of like Audi taillights, how they have the just the continuous strip that's lit up. So I, I got a, what's called silicone diffuser for that, and I'm going to try my hand at that and see how it works out. Like Like mine. There's a company who does that. That's what they do, and that's the exact material I use to diffuse my lens. Okay. It's yeah. what they use for OEM, uh, and I did a lot of research into it, and it costs a decent amount of money, but it is legit as fuck, and it is designed specifically to diffuse LEDs. So I just bought uh, 16 feet of it, and it was like 75 bucks, which I feel like I could have shopped around and maybe got a little bit of a price, but that was the best I could find after a few hours of research anyway. So again, we're talking to, I'm sorry, I haven't said this before during this call. We're talking to Chris cut, which is at NS extra on Instagram. Yeah, man. Chris, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, that's about it. I mean, uh, if anybody wants to have any say in my cross country trip, they're welcome to uh, go on my Instagram and give me a follow and, uh, you know, vote on the destinations and routes. If anybody knows any good photographers along the way or wants to meet up and go for a cruise or has any good destinations that they think I should see. Let me know because I've never done this before and uh, I could use all the input I can get. So, yeah, that's about it. All right, Chris, we'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time and we'll definitely hook up again in the in the future. Um, I'd like to have you back for a longer interview. Again, everybody, that's at NS Extra, Chris Cut. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right. It's what most of you have been waiting for this week is Jay's Rental Car of the Week. This week, my rental car is, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's an Audi A5 Quattro, and this is the new type of Audi A5, so starting in 2018, they had the four doors. Let me give you a rundown of what I love about this car, what I don't love about this car. So one of the things I noticed, and I kind of thought with a lot of my other rental cars, it was annoying as hell, but with the Audi, I noticed that it doesn't have it. 
And so now it's annoying that it doesn't have it. So one thing it doesn't have is alerts. And what I mean by alerts is like, like most cars. So you're pulling into a parking spot, you're pulling into whatever. And if you get too close to the curb, the thing goes beep, 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 annoys the shit out of you. You usually have like a little gauge on the car on the infotainment center. And if you're reversing, it's the same deal. A lot of cars I've had to do this. This Audi doesn't. It's probably in some sort of technology package. Like I said in the opening, you have to pay extra for all that normal shit that other car companies just give you. That's one of the first things I noticed. It has a touchscreen. Well, let's put, let's back up. It has CarPlay. You know me. I'm a big fan of CarPlay. But the problem is the CarPlay is limited. It's not a touchscreen. Which, you know, so the CarPlay is, is great for navigation, but it's not great for touching the icons and sending a text message or changing or switching playlists. I mean, it's not interactive. So it kind of defeats the whole purpose. So on one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it fucking sucks. And the reverse camera in this Audi is no good. Like this thing looks like something from eBay. And I would know because I have a camera from eBay on my NSX. It's way behind almost any other vehicle I've ever purchased. So it has this blue line or this blue section that basically what I've figured out so far this week because I return the car tomorrow is when you're in reverse, you have this big blue alley and the alley tells you what you're going to hit if you keep going straight. And then the lines actually curve depending on how your, how your front tires are curved. And it tells you your angle, right? So it feels like you would have one or the other. Having both feels redundant and kind of stupid. The infotainment center in the Audi leaves a lot to be desired. If I were to rank it, well, let me back up. So one of the good things, one of the things I really like about it is number one, it looks great. I mean, it's an Audi. But when you put it in dynamic mode, the drive mode, it stays there. So I put that in that mode three or four days ago when I first got the car and all week it's dynamic. So I'm thinking maybe I should turn it back to economy when I turn it back in, but maybe it doesn't matter. But that's one thing that's unique about this car that like with the Volvo that I had a few weeks ago that I fucking loved and a lot of other vehicles is every time you get in the car, I feel like you have to put it back into the driving mode and it's like you reset it every time. So the automatic stop button, it's in an easy to find location, but Jesus, man, I don't know. When are they going to figure it out? Like you have to manually turn it off every time you start and stop the car. And this isn't an, an Audi issue. It's an every vehicle issue. And it's one of the things I've noticed. And it's annoying as fuck. Um, as far as the seats, the seats feel good. They're firm leather, but they're not as posh and pampering as like an as like the the Volvo S90 T5. So I definitely give the Volvo, you know, in that area, the best part um, or the or the higher rating. There's some interior plastic in this Audi, which is kind of disappointing to me. Um, maybe maybe the A7s and the S8s and the A8s are the next level, um, which would make a little sense, I guess. But for the cost of this thing, this is a $44,000 vehicle. Um, some of the creature comforts could be better. The infotainment center, is it feels Audi. And what I mean by that is it fucking sucks, technically. But the car drives great. It's got a nice... Um, linear acceleration in dynamic mode the thing that's different between that and the volvo that i had is the volvo when you get on it it's so herky jerky 
it's fun, but it's just like I could get sick of it. You want to switch it into another mode. You don't want to drive around dynamic all the time. Besides, doing that just fucking murders your gas mileage. And the Audi, yeah, you know, I like I said, I turned the car back tomorrow. I've had it for four and a half, three days. It's only lost one little tick mark of fuel. So the fuel efficiency is there. The drivability is there. It's an Audi. It looks great. Um, it's kind of a dolphin gray color. They don't use that color anymore, but the older Audis, like the B6 body style and the B7 body style had the dolphin gray. It's not too bad. So would I, um, <clears throat> would I drive this car again or would I rent this car again? Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's an Audi. It's a nice car. It's got the moonroof. You know, it drives great. It's got good gas mileage. You know, would I buy one? I probably wouldn't buy one. I'd take one if someone gave it to me. From a styling standpoint, it is a better looking car than the Volvo, but it's not nearly as cushiony. It's not nearly as comfort. It's not nearly as luxurious feeling. And maybe, you know, the Audi A5 is, is targeted toward a sportier crowd who wants to kind of relax and dart around town and something. And the, and the Volvo is, you know, Volvo's always been about safety. So it has every safety feature imaginable, superior everything. But so if I were to rank... Like the three, because it's the third luxury sports sedan I've had in the last year, beginning with the BMW 540i. I remember that when I was in New Jersey. Uh, I would say that I haven't figured out which I like best between the Volvo and the BMW, and I'd bring the Audi in as a third. I don't know if I really should consider the Chrysler 300. I mean, that was really nice too. Really nice. Um, but the Audi would come in and rank third or fourth in that group of four. But uh, it's a cool car. I would not discourage anyone from having one, but like I said, the, oh, let's, let's talk about the shifter. So I don't remember what other car I had that was like this. Maybe it was the BMW, but it's one of the shifters where when you move the shifter all the way forward in every other car, it's park and this one is reverse and the park is a button on the shifter. So you have to click the little P. I think it was the BMW 540i that was like that. So the Audi's like that too. So, you know, Monday, Tuesday, today's Wednesday. I struggle with that a little bit, but now I'm in a good spot. So now I got it down. You know, I just hit the P and I'm parked. And if I hit forward, it's reverse. Yeah, that's my rental car of the week. The Audi A5 2019 four-door Sportback is what they're called. I think they're all four-door now, starting in 2018. time for the Instagram profile highlight of the week. The Instagram profile highlight of the week is brought to you by NSX channel on Instagram, your number one source of NSX content. Doesn't matter if you are bone stock or you're heavily modified or your car looks like a fighter jet like mine does. That's at NSX channel on Instagram. This week, my Instagram profile highlight of the week is Tex Marquise. And first off, by the way, just because Instagram profile highlight of the week does not mean it has to do with NSXs. Doesn't even have to do with cars. It could do with anything. It could be music. It could be hobby, cartoons, it could be whatever I decide. I want to make my Instagram profile highlight of the week is. My highlight of this week is somebody I've been following for probably about a year. Um, super fucking crafty. Does a lot of cool little paintings. Does a lot of other miscellaneous shit. Huge Gundam fan. So I want to welcome Tex. Tex, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. This is at Tex Marquise, which is T-E-X-M-E. R-Q-U-I-S-E. And am I saying Marquise, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Where does that come from? So it comes from uh, Zex Marquise, the character, Gundam Wing. I stole his name, essentially. 
and Tex is just an alias that I've gone by since I played Halo. So it just followed me around. You know what? I, I really love that. Um, I'll tell you a short story, although this is about you, not about me. I don't like talking about myself. But years ago, I got involved, in it, and it's funny because this is like literally right after I got married, so I got in a lot of trouble. I discovered Star Wars Galaxies, <laughs> it's an online game, you know, like World of Warcraft. Yeah. So, you, so you lost some time is what I heard. Lost some time. And what I did is I did the, the two-week trial, so I just let it randomly generate a name. And it generated a name, Ukaiwa Ogok. And I stopped playing after the two weeks. I got back on and I had so much progress because I remember begging on the streets of Tatooine, you know, for people to give me credits. <laughs> and I had so much progress that I just kept that name. So when I game, now I either go by Mr. J. Fizzle on the PC. And if it's another game, I go by Ukaiwa. So I can definitely understand you stealing your gaming name or using your gaming name as your alias. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's my... Like my God-given name. I've when I first joined an online gaming community at all, this is what I went by, and it's just it's home. It's safe. How, how long have you been doing that? Oh Lord, when did Halo Two come out? Two thousand seven. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. So with so on your page, Gundam everything or Gundam ninety percent of stuff. So tell me about your hobby because I've been intrigued. As you see, I stopped by your page you know, often and like stuff. And I've used some of your stories. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do besides paint these figurines? Like, when did you get started? Like, where did all this come from? Well, much like my namesake, it all started with Gundam Wing. You know, when it was airing on Toonami, I would come home from school, watch it like any other teenager growing up or, or you know, middle school kid. And that's when I learned uh, that there were model kits of these suits that I kept seeing you know, every day on TV and got a couple, built them up, you know, uh, as best as a 13, 14 year old girl could kind of fell off the radar a little bit, but I still kept collecting the kits just didn't have time to build them. And then uh, after college kind of settled down, I was like, Oh, you know what? I should take up a hobby. And I remembered I have all these cool model kits that I've just, you know, haven't been building. And that's just kind of where it took off. And I haven't, put it down since so toonami hasn't been around that long how did it is that how you discovered gundam or gundam wing because there's like a million gundams right yeah there's <laughs> some might say there's too many but yes that's how i first got introduced to gundam it was through toonami i don't know how i missed that i, I don't know what i was doing in 2012 but it wasn't watching toonami and i'm and I'm, you know, I've been, I, I still watch cartoons. I'm 43. So, you know, I've watched Adult Swim, you know, but I just don't know how I missed that. And when I was a little kid, because people always ask me, they're like, well, how do you not know anything about Gundam? I was like, well, it was really, wasn't really on my radar. And, and if I saw it, I wouldn't have known what it was because I started watching anime when I was in kindergarten, you know, and then, you know, that's like Voltron and shit like that. And back then, all we, all we could watch is what ever we could find on TV because there was no tsunami, there was no Adult Swim, there was there was no anything. Right. But now there's it wasn't as accessible. Oh, not even close, you know, but now it's everywhere. Um so yeah, now we have whole conventions dedicated to it. Well, I'm sure they existed then. They're just now massively mainstream and just teeming with all types of characters. If you know if they existed then they were super small. Like oh, super sure. small. Um, I've watched some of the, you know, I'm in the Robotech Macross, but more so on the Robotech end because that's that's what I know. 
you know, growing up. And I'll go back and watch some videos of some of these conventions, you know, like on YouTube. And oh my God, it's so sad. I'm almost embarrassed to be a fan. There's, there's, no, there's, there's a charm behind it. I remember coming across some thread with some, uh, I don't call them vintage, but, you know, older cosplaying crowd from, you know, Macross or Robotech or even uh, Captain Harlock and Space Yamato from way back in the day and i'm sure it was under a lot of people's radar but it everyone just looked like they were having a great time when someone's on stage singing acapella and there's a whole crowd of people holding up lights and singing the songs of the anime cartoons you used to watch it feels a little meh, a little weird yeah you need to go to some more karaoke bars is what i yeah think. it's pretty much the same thing so if i want to get in a gundam where do i start like, what would you recommend? Yes. <laughs> it's a time sink. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, I'm a sucker for pain. So what I did is I started going through it chronologically. So I started with Mobile Suit Gundam, the OG, the series. There, there are uh, compilation movies that you can watch and you just kind of get the Notes version. There's also a great podcast, uh, Mobile Suit podcast, that is currently going through the Gundam series in chronological order. They've already done Mobile Suit Gundam and they're working on the next one, Zeta Gundam, right now. It's a fun podcast. Little They go more into the lore and actual uh, substance behind it. Like what was going on in Japan at the time? How does this reflect real world? Uh, what influences can you see in these episodes or in the story? It's really cool and I really suggest it if you want to get into it. Do it with alongside that podcast. Because they kind of go into some of the stuff you don't probably think about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is like doctorate thesis level stuff as far as the research and you know the homework goes. So, again, we're talking to Tex Marquise on Instagram at T-E-X-M-E-R-Q-U-I-S-E. Talking about Gundam because I like to follow her page. So, I see you do a lot of shows. Now, do you vend at the shows? Do you judge shows? Like, what exactly do you do with these shows or does it change depending on what you're doing? It changes depending on what I'm doing. So, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I have a – I work with a local group. Here in, San, in uh, Southern California, those Gundam guys, we put on our own show once a year. There I will run workshops or, you know, whatever they tell me to do. And I will judge there as well. There are several smaller conventions that I go to, mostly around modeling or, yeah, modeling or anime. The smaller actual model shows I will enter in or I will uh, man a table for on behalf of those Gundam guys and more often, I've been doing uh, children's workshops where uh, children can come and build a model kit that we have provided through some very generous donations. So we'll give them the kits, we give them the model tools, and just give them a space, you know, for an hour or so where they can sit and learn about model making and really uh, give them a, a space to kind of learn and play along and not just, you know, get dragged to the model show by like mom or dad or something. That sounds pretty cool. Um, sounds really cool, actually. So when you're judging, what exactly are you judging? You're judging outfits, you're judging their ability to build, their ability to paint. All of it. It's the the kit as a whole, the craftsmanship and work that goes into these models that you see painted on Instagram or, you know, just their work, their pieces of art. So it takes a lot of patience to paint models. I used to build model cars all the time. I have some old, really crappy built Robotech models that are in my display case. And it's at this point, because that shit's expensive. Like those little Tamiya paints, those little small paint canisters, and you get to buy the nice brushes. Like that stuff adds up. So at this point, I'm at 
I'm at a point where I'm so out of practice. It's like I just leave stuff either in the package, not built, or just forget that I even have them. <laughs> no, that that can definitely happen. I mean, it does add up. But if you're if it's what you love doing and your hobby, then it really you're really looking at it as like an, an investment. You are increasing the tools in your wheelhouse. No, that's correct. And I see some of those models, especially the Gundam models, and those are a lot more intimidating than putting together a 124 scale model car. Um, you'd be surprised. Uh, they only look intimidating because, you know, if you're a car guy, you know exactly how the car is supposed to be put together. If you're not a Gundam person, you might not understand where, what this is coming from, what series it is and whatnot. But thankfully, Bandai has severely over-engineered the majority of their models. So they're very easy to put together. They're color molded. They snap together easy. Wow. If you don't want to, you don't even have to sand off nubs or anything. And with I've got one, maybe two car kits. You know, you see flash on it. The mold isn't that great. But with the Bandai kits, you just hear spoiled. Oh. You you open up another model kit afterwards, be it, uh, you know, was it AMT or anything like that? And you were just miserable. Bandai really just holds your hand and spoon feeds you as far as a model building goes. That's good to know. Again, we're talking to Tex Marquise on Instagram. So Tex, I want to thank you for being my Instagram profile highlight of the week. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, Man, you know what? There are no shows going on yet. But if you are looking for a, a mainly Gundam event, do keep an eye on those Gundam guys. It's at those Gundam guys or those Gundam guys on Facebook. That is our local group here in Southern California. Every year we have SCGMC, the Southern California Gundam Model Competition, where it's the largest gunpla contest in North America. And we would love to see you there. Is it? This coming, I think, November. Is it at those Gundam guys or is it those Gundam guys and they can reach you there? It's at those Gundam guys, be it on Facebook or Instagram. The at sign. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right, Tex. Thanks for, for being uh, a guest. It's been great. And maybe we can have you on again in the future. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks. That's all the time we have this week. Special thanks to all our podcast sponsors with the NSX channel, talkmobilenet.com, dressupbolts.com. I want to you know, thank Tex Marquis for joining us. I want to thank uh, NSXtra, which is Chris Cutt. I want to thank the Passion Hi-Fi, who provides this free music that I, that I use on this podcast. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at... at NA2NSX. You can send us an email to hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Actually, I encourage you to. If you like this show, share it with a friend. Please subscribe. Please leave us a review on whatever you listen to this, whether it's Anchor, whether it's Spotify, whether it's iTunes. All reviews matter. They boost us a little bit. If you're interested in, in giving back to the show, there's a link on the podcast. You can donate a little something, something. I'm always looking to upgrade my equipment. Love all you guys. Let's do this. Let's do this together. Let's grow this. Shut up!